Asshole Court is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. Coder, billionaire, Silicon Valley tech god, dork. Zuck, as in Mark Zuckerberg. More than half of the globe knows his name or, at the very least, knows his work. He's the founder of the polarizing social media outfit, Facebook. For most of the first decade of the century, he was looked at as a largely harmless wunderkin. He was the Time Magazine's Person of the Year in 2010. He had an award-winning motion picture made about his life the same year. He wasn't even 30. But this last decade has a lot of people questioning whether that harmless assumption is naive or misguided. Regardless, the guy has obviously accomplished a lot, but at what cost? Who is Mark Zuckerberg really? And is he an asshole? Is his legacy Facebook as bad as it seems sometimes? We'll attempt to answer that and more on this latest episode of Asshole Court. Okay, so because Zuckerberg and Facebook are so like attached at the hip, maybe we end up doing a score for each. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Zuck the person and Facebook itself. So we could do that. Yep. Who All wants right. to go first? I'll go first. So I know Zuckerberg's caught a lot of heat over the past decade, and I think it's because of a lot of the technologies that are incorporated into Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. But to kind of put him alone as a person, super smart guy. Mm-hmm used his powers for what he would think would be a good idea, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You can't blame a guy for working hard and getting rich. Mm -hmm. I don't see a lot of the, I guess, the vile things that people kind of Mm -hmm. say about him. I don't know if all of that is true. So Mm -hmm. for him, I'm going to start him off. uh, And and side note, big philanthropist. That's a big thing to me. So I'm going to start him off at a 3.5 standard asshole. Okay. So Facebook, um, so... I don't post much on Facebook, but I look at it a lot. And mm-hmm. I have friends on both sides of the spectrum, right? Uh, far right, far left. And boy, I tell you what, the last year or so, the conspiracy theories, uh, they're flowing hot and heavy. Jesus Christ, it's been off the chain. Oh, it's been off the chain. And I watch it, and it sucks to say, you guys know me, I like trashy TV shows. Yeah. So it kind of rolls <laughs> right into Facebook yeah. with me. I like to watch people just get on there and argue and call each other names. Oh, and, oh man. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, and I guess that doesn't make Facebook the villain. It's the people that are on Facebook mm-hmm. are what cause a lot of the rift. The technological pieces of it where you're like, oh, my phone's listening to me. Yeah, you're damn right it is. And mm-hmm. it's not just Facebook that does that kind of stuff. It is weird when you just think about something. Oh, I need to get some new t-shirts. And all of a sudden you're on Facebook and you're seeing an ad for t-shirts. Mm-hmm. You're like, that's fucking weird. Are you yeah. Looking into my soul. Yeah. Yes. But honestly, 5.0. I don't think Facebook's terrible. 
All right. So for me, I don't know too much about Mark as a person at all. Mm -hmm. All I know is from what I watched, The Social Network, Mm -hmm. where it was Jesse Eisenberg that portrayed him. Right. And that movie, while he is incredibly smart and he did accomplish a lot of stuff, he was a fucking dick in that movie to a lot of the people around him. Mm Mm-hmm. He was a jerk to his business partners. He was a jerk to his original girlfriend in there. But uh, at the same time, you don't know how much. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a movie. You don't know how much is made up and how much is, you know, real. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go with the majority of it was real. So just based on that, because I don't have anything else to really go on, except for, you know, you see a couple articles and I don't really care to click on his articles. I don't really care about him as a person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the movie was maybe portraying him kind of accurately. So. Mm If the movie was, I would give him a 5.5 initially as my pre-show asshole score. Mm -hmm. Now I move on to Facebook Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Randy, that's my uh, platform of choice. I don't post a lot on it, but I do scroll through it a lot. And, you know, looking at stuff like The Social Dilemma, I've got to kind of graded a little bit harshly because, you know, you're sitting there thinking about, you know, a t-shirt, you know, and that, how did that ad pop up into my feed and that I'm looking at? And, you know, the one thing that I don't like about Facebook is that me and Randy have a lot of the same friends on there because we went to school at the same time. And while we do see a lot of those same posts, we do see a lot of different stuff, even though we live within 10 minutes of each other and we grew up together we see a lot of different stuff because the way that the Facebook algorithms work is that it's always geared towards what my personal interests are versus what Randy's personal interests are. Mm -hmm. And so in a way I would prefer it just to be linear in a sense, like what Randy sees is what I see is what Mikey would see. I don't want basically an AI machine generating all of this information and then using it against me to better serve its advertisers. Yeah, I mean, I get it. This is a free platform. I'm not paying for it. But um, the more that I get into it and the more that I watch and just the more time I spend on it, the the more I feel that it is a little bit more detrimental to our society. So I'm going to also grade it just a little bit harsher. Facebook itself, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a 6.5 as a pre-show asshole score. But where are we going to get all the Bernie Sanders memes mm-hmm. if we don't have Facebook? God almighty, the internet has won again with yeah, that one. Jeez, it is lit on fire with I that. saw one the other day. Somebody had photoshopped him in a UFC ring armbar and oh, a yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult for me to be unbiased when it comes to Zuck because the truth is it's like impossible for me not to extrapolate his flaws out into some sort of like misanthropic fractal thing. Zuck is Facebook, right? He is absolutely Facebook. Firmly at his helm, pulling all of his levers of power. And Facebook, inarguably, is a digital representation of humanity in all of its disgusting pettiness and paranoia and jealousy and ignorance. And this is kind of like my Russian nesting doll of disgust for a lot of humanity, <laughs> dude. So in like robotic nerd form. Now, in all fairness... I'm not on Facebook. I've perused it from time to time. And generally speaking, I don't see much value. Like I remember early on, I got on MySpace when that first kind of came out. And it was fascinating for about three months for me because I was like, oh, cool. I'm seeing all these people that I haven't seen in a long time. And also at the time I was like living in Hawaii. So I was real far away from people we went to school with. And, and so now that, I know what their top five songs are. Right, right. And it was a little different because everybody could make their own little page and whatever it was. 
And then like I was over it and I was like, it doesn't matter because all the people that I want to talk to anyways, I just call them on the phone or I just talk to them. Right. So everything else is sort of you're either like the people overshare. It's a lot of eavesdropping. There's a lot of fighting. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we got disinvited from a fucking Thanksgiving dinner this year because of a Facebook argument because people post opinions on there that you're just like, you know, I don't know why that, that people wouldn't do this in real life, but they'll fucking do it on Facebook. Yeah, you know of course. What I'm Absolutely. Because For it the gives safety you, it's, of your home. It's the safety of your home and it gives you some sort of like false sense of like, because people always talk about how like the internet is makes people assholes because there's the anonymity factor, right? right. You're like, you can yep. be a dick. Like people will be assholes if you can't get caught for what you say. And then it's like sort of a diet version of that with Facebook where they're like, I'm just posting from home and I mean, it's like, on my wall. Fuck you. Yeah, dude, it's fucked up. Um, so starting off with Zuckerberg, I'll give him a six and starting off with Facebook, I'll give that shit a nine. Fuck that thing, dude. It's a disaster. I got to ask though. Yeah. So is it Facebook or is it people? It's both. It's people. It's people. So, all right. So then why is Facebook getting the nine instead of just humanity? Because oh, the show the show's about Facebook and not I am. humanity. I told, it's a, Facebook's it's, just where they go to post it. If it wasn't Facebook, it'd be something else. It'd be Parler or no, 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 you're right. You're, you're right. You're Hold right on. Instagram Hold and on. all that other. That's stuff. why I said it's a Russian nesting doll of my hate for most of humanity. Right. So, but <laughs> I am only grading Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. If you want me to grade humanity, I would give it a fucking nine as well. Because <laughs> I'll be happy to do that. I know you guys know me. I'm not super impressed with our species as a whole. No, I, I understand. I just. I just I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around why mm-hmm. a website would be like the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst thing in the world because it's not an 11. It's a nine. That's yeah. like as high as we've given anything on this show. Oh, no, no, no. We did Columbus at like a 10 and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, but see, this is well, what we're, we're about to get into. This is right. what the whole fucking show okay. is about. Yeah, we'll right. get into that. Right. I've got some thoughts on that as well. All right. So. All right. With a 3.5 from Randy, a 6.0 from Mikey, and a 5.5 from Buddy. Mark Zuckerberg's pre-show asshole score is a 5.0. And with a 5.0 from Randy, a 9.0 from Mikey, and a 6.5 from Buddy, Facebook's pre-show asshole score is a 6.8. Okay. All right. Cool. You You guys ready to do this? Let's do Do it. it. Mark Elliott Zuckerberg is born in White Plains, New York in 1984. You know what's in White Plains, New York? Heineken USA headquarters. That's right. Oh, really? Yep, yep absolutely. Okay. For some reason, when I was writing this, I was thinking it was Rolling Rock, because I was going to make a joke that he was born in a brewery or some shit, and I couldn't remember, and I was like, Rolling Rock, that's actually Latrobe, Pennsylvania. So then I was like, this ain't worth it, so I stopped doing research. <laughs> both green bottles. So, so I, yeah. I looked at White Plains, I got sucked down the rabbit hole. Do you remember the gentleman that inadvertently set off his life alert medical device? Cop showed up at his door, he told him, I don't need help, I don't need help, wound up busting in his door. And they claimed he ran at him with a knife. And he wound up shooting and killing him. I don't know. No, I haven't yeah, heard it was anything. in 2011. They made a movie about it. But really? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That was in White Plains. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. All right. All right. <laughs> Fun fact. That's it. Uh, his mother, Karen, was born and raised in Queens, New York, and met his father, Edward, from Flatbush, Brooklyn, on a blind date. Karen was a rookie streetwalker, and Edward was a rough and tumble down on his luck boxer. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> as, as cool as that background story would have been, Karen was actually a psychiatrist and Edward was a dentist. Actually, the sponsor of today's show is Zuckerberg Dentistry. Yes, Zuckerberg Dentistry. No frills, entirely functional in nature, just like Mark's haircut. <laughs> uh, Mark was the only boy of Karen and Edward's four children. Early on, Karen gave up her career as a psychiatrist to focus on raising the kids where they lived in Dobbs Ferry. 
She also managed Mark's dentist office, which was connected to their home. So yes, this is one of the rare times when a Karen is the manager instead of asking to speak to one. <laughs> also, Mark Zuckerberg's childhood sounds a lot like growing pains. <laughs> Remember, Mr. Seaver was a psychiatrist who operated uh, his practice out of his home. Yep. Oh, yeah. But in this case, Mark Zuckerberg would have been boner. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> <laughs> Remember that guy? He actually killed himself, unfortunately. Oh, man. Oh, the man. guy that played boner did, yeah. And I'm sure we'll actually do a show on old Mike Seaver himself, Kurt Cameron, at some point. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That would be a good one to do. Yeah. Recently, he's been in the news. Yeah. He's a bit of an ass face. Edward got into computers much earlier than most people. He was buying them and bringing them home throughout the 80s and early 90s, like the Atari 800, the IBM XT, etc. And uh, young Mark took advantage of this and learned how to code. By the age of 12, he had set up his first network. It allowed for the sharing of files between Edward's dental office and the house, and uh, Mark dubbed it Zucknet. I feel like there's a joke to be made there somewhere, but I just couldn't quite figure it out. You know? Well, everybody has that kid in their neighborhood growing up where they're a little bit more advanced technologically. We had a group of brothers in our neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Man, oh, man. And they just the best way to describe them, they were fucking dorks. Great kids, great people. And honestly, one wound up being a valedictorian of his class at Georgia Tech. So he's, they're not idiots. But um, they invited me to go to a ham radio festival with them in Ohio. Now, that's some monster nerd shit. I told you. I told <laughs> ham you. radio in yeah. the 90s? Oh, man. They were all into programming and ham radio. And I didn't go, um, you know, probably thank God. But, uh, yeah, no, the, they were definitely the dorks of the neighborhood. Man. Yeah. The and technology probably- is endless. The ham radio. <laughs> I have my own ham radio show, and I just talk about things I like. Like Thundercats and uh, I don't know, but this this is definitely the technology of the future. Their uncle was one of the guitarists in a Ted Nugent band. Oh, it was crazy. They had a, a Christmas party one year. Whole family came over. They invited us, and uh, sure enough, in walks Ted uh, Nugent. No, uh, the the rock star uncle. Oh, and he played. He looked the part, dude. Long yeah. hair, kind of ripped jeans. Like I just saw some cool shit. guy. Yeah, I saw some shit. No doubt. You know, the, the rumor on Ted Nugent. I got down with some young young girls, underage oh, girls. Man. Oh. Yeah. Man. Hope you didn't see any of that. Allegedly. <laughs> this is my ham radio show. It's about 13-year-old girls and things they like to do to them. The movie Contact was stolen from me. I was really doing that. Calling out to space. Dude, Ted fucking Nugent. That guy. We'll definitely do a show on him, too. Yeah. No, you're right, though. There's always some kid that's in the neighborhood that knows this shit, something mm-hmm. like that. I got into computers real early, too. My dad had them in the 80s and stuff yep. like that, and I was on the internet. We were on the internet in, like, 91. And I remember like just like the login shit, and I was like getting like books because I was just fascinated with it. But I never did much with it. I didn't, I didn't do like I didn't learn to code or anything. I just like was like, oh, let's go look and check out the movie review for The Crow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But anyway, it's a good thing that Edward had these computers for Mark to work with and to keep him off the mean streets of Dobbs Ferry, Westchester. But Mark eventually gave in to the particular flavor of peer pressure Westchester offers. He transferred to Phillips Exeter Academy in New Hampshire for high school, where tuition now is roughly fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year. Oh wow! Jeez. There he studied coding and Latin, and was kind of a big deal on the fencing team, actually, where he was apparently the captain. No, fencing is a real hoity-toity. Yeah, I mean, it's it does take an athletic ability, though. It isn't. It's. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'd be fairly impressed. With it's some more than the debate club takes. But well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do have to physically move, and it's yeah. more a mental game than it is actual physical. Body. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like a good boxing match, sometimes you can 
say it's like a fencing match, I guess. You see, even the, the movements are sort of similar. They're but, similar, but you're getting punched in the well, head. Well, yeah, it's true. Versus like getting poked with a stick. Yes, yes, it's true. With a big suit on. That doesn't really hurt. No, no, there isn't. You're not in a lot of danger, except for that one, that one episode of Murder, She Wrote, where they uh, <laughs> they wired it up so it electrocuted the guy. <laughs> I don't even know why. It's the only episode I remember of Murder, She Wrote, was the guy getting fried with a, in, a, in a fucking fencing match. When my son was super young, he loved to watch Murder, She Baked. It's on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> oh my God. And uh, he saw in the DVR Murder, She Wrote. Mm-hmm. And he DVR, like set to record. And when he went in to watch the first episode, he's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. This isn't Murder, She Baked. Who the fuck is this old lady? I was like, wrong show, bud. That's yeah. strange that he was bummed out about it. It was like an actual murder show as opposed to a baking show. I don't know. Oh, well, no. In the baking show in this small town with this bakery, somehow all these fucking people always get killed and the baker finds herself in the middle of it or trying to solve the crime. Was it Angela Lansbury in it? Oh, no. Oh, oh no. 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 It's, it's like from dead. the early to mid-2000s. Yeah. Ooh, I bet it sucks. Oh, it's terrible. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. On Hallmark? Yeah. Oh. Murder she baked. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so I, honestly, I, I always just assumed that Zuck was like a fucking nerd that sat at home and like in his basement and just coded. So, I mean, yeah, Captain yeah. of the Fence seems you know, a little bit better than he thought. Yeah, he was getting out there, being a little bit social. I don't know how much street cred I'm giving him for that one, but... He might stab your ass in an alleyway. <laughs> With a fencing sword that doesn't hurt. With a real sword, though, you could possibly do the same thing, I he assume, right? He you with it. You know, they're metal. All right, if I ever run into a situation <laughs> and Mark Zuckerberg has a sword in the alleyway with me, I guess I better watch the fuck out. But Yeah, you should, because he'll stab you with it. Uh, Zuckerberg loved Latin, stating, quote, It's very much like coding or math, and so I appreciated that. This might also have begun his lifelong love affair with Augustus Caesar. Seriously, oh, haircut. <laughs> seriously, this motherfucker has a major boner for Augustus Caesar to a point that it's uncomfortable. And we'll get into this a little bit later. Hmm. Huh. During his time at Philips Exeter, Mark built an early music streaming platform, and apparently AOL and Microsoft reached out with an interest, but Zuck turned down the offers for an acquisition or for a job. Yeah, he's never really been about the money. He no. just gave it away for free. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that shit, though? You're in high school, and then you got, like, yeah. AOL. At the time, which people were like, AOL is a fucking joke now, but late 90s, AOL was the internet for oh, yeah. a lot of people. Absolutely. It was and the Microsoft, at the time. <laughs> yeah, and they're know? coming to you, and they're like, hey, you know, we like the thing. Do you want to just work for us? Or maybe we can buy it. And they want to like, buy it, yeah. Fuck off, man. <laughs> I'm giving it away for free. Yeah. So I'm going to fencing class. I'll fucking stab your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so with the pedigree like that, it isn't too surprising that Zuck got into Harvard. And this is obviously where the Facebook story begins. Most people that are familiar with the story got their education from the movie The Social Network. Yay! Which is, of course, it's a great movie, and I'm a huge fan of David Fincher's directing work and would recommend it to anybody that being said, there are definitely some inaccuracies in it, of course. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> for instance, the movie implies that the founding of Facebook emanated from Mark being rejected by a fellow student. But by all accounts, I can find this isn't true at all. There wasn't a girl that was involved in there. There wasn't a moment where he was just like, oh, I'll do whatever. That's not where the movie says that he got the idea from. Not the that idea. Was the face smash that he ended up doing. He broke up with the chick and then. Right. But that's the precursor. So it's all sort of flows in from the very that's, beginning well, idea. I got rejected. That, yeah. It just shows him that he was a coder. And yeah. 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 And he's like, oh, I'll show you because this happened or, or whatever. And it, but it's but not did true. he make face smash? He did. Well, yeah, we're going to get into that. Okay. But he had actually by this time. He he actually met his Priscilla, Priscilla Chan yeah, in 2003, yeah, yeah. like right around the same time all this shit was happening. Yeah. So, But yeah, Facebook's precursor, Face Mash, 
<laughs> when you say it really fast, it sounds like face smash. <laughs> so it's like a fucking website. It's just people it's like, are just beat to death or it's something. It's like over the top, but smashing faces. That's it, yeah. Wrestling. Fucking or just bitch. somebody with a real smashed in face. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Pugface.com. Yeah. <laughs> Clint Howard is like the fucking the mascot there. But uh, yeah, face smash appears to have been a quick kind of experiment in which Zuckerberg used pictures of classmates that he had hacked from Harvard's dormitory uh, administration to rate students in order of hotness, according to the house that they were in. Which, yes, could seem mean-spirited at worst or shallow at best, but come on, dude. We were roughly the same age at this time, and I could totally see myself doing a similar project if I had possessed computer coding skills rather than, uh, say, my very valuable weed smoking and drinking skills that I had at the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't go with the original idea, which was to compare it to farm animals. Like yes, girls that's to farm right. Animals. Yeah. Oh, he man. decided, you know what, why don't we you know, compare them against each other and see what yeah. happens. He had a little bit of couth there. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, shit, you put a girl next to a cow, imagine how she's going to react. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, we called it girl barnyard animal when we were in. Yes, we did. We <laughs> Not good. No, teenagers are horrible, horrible, horrible creatures, dude. They're just college the, students are only one step above. They're that. still teenagers most of the time. Yeah. But yeah, Harvard students fucking loved it, dude. Like within the first four hours of the site being live, it got 22,000 views. And it even went live at like 4 a.m. in the yeah. morning, too. Huh. Yeah. Like it crashed the Harvard server, didn't it? Yeah. It, I mean, it, it caused all sorts of problems. It didn't take long for the Harvard administration to get wind of it and shut it down over copyright and security concerns because obviously he had hacked into their fucking systems to get these pictures. I was uh, just showing you guys y'all's uh, weaknesses and flaws in y'all's security mm-hmm. protocols. With old pig face page here. <laughs> <laughs> Llama Laura. <laughs> hey guys, real quick. If you're liking the show, do us a favor and give us that sweet, sweet five-star rating on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you're listening on. It does make a huge difference. Now, back to asshole court. But the seed had been planted for sure. Zuck sensed that there was something there, right? People were deeply interested in the average everyday people around them. It wasn't just celebrities and stuff like that. Like people wanted to know more about the people that they went to school with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, He started thinking about an idea that would be less controversial, less mm, illegal, should we say. (laughs) Uh, He started thinking about a site where people volunteered their information and pictures and built sort of an idea. Now, he wasn't the only person in the world that was thinking of this at the time, right? Like there was a lot of like Friendster and some other stuff like that had, was already around. MySpace was MySpace already was around, already I think, existing. at that time. Yep. And uh, so it's not like this was some massive, like, oh my God, you know, like Thunderbolt Eureka moment or whatever. He just was like, okay, this is actually like, obviously people are interested. So he started with the idea and he wanted to build it out. And this is another point of contention between documented reality and the social network movie. See, in the movie... Mark Zuckerberg coldly fucks over his initial business partner, Eduardo Saverin, just because he can. But the truth is apparently a little bit more complicated. Around the time that he was thinking about beginning Facebook, he went to a fellow student and friend, Eduardo Saverin, who was a junior at the time. On the back of FaceMash's success, he convinced Saverin to deposit $15,000 into a bank account accessible to both of them as seed money for the new site. The money would go to servers for hosting and whatnot, and the site would be called The Facebook. Sure. Did Zuckerberg think Saverin was a sucker, an easy target to secure funding and then fuck over? Not really. It's true that Zuckerberg didn't really respect Saverin, stating in one instant messenger exchange with another friend that Saverin was rich because of his family and the fact that, quote, apparently insider trading isn't illegal in Brazil. 
Damn. (laughs) Shots fired. But in another exchange, he seemed a little bit more kind. Zuckerberg said, Eduardo is paying for my servers. His friend responded, a sucker's born every day. Zuckerberg says, nah, he thinks it will make money. To which the friend replied, what do you think? Zuckerberg said, well, I don't know business stuff. He said, I'm content to make something cool. Yeah, and that was kind of the crux of the movie was that when Zuck and Eduardo kind of partnered up, it was like, Zuck had the idea for the site, and he was going to do a 70-30 split with Eduardo, and mm-hmm. Eduardo was going to be the CFO. And so the whole time, Zuckerberg is just watching this monster grow, and as the CFO, Eduardo is like, man, we need to start monetizing this thing. Right. And he's like, yo, we don't even know what we've got yet. Like, we don't need to go ahead and start, you know, mm-hmm. doling out Mountain Dew ads yeah. and losing well, people. We're about to get into that, for okay. sure. So, Savern was obviously correct, right, about his idea that it could make some money or it would be popular. You could do whatever. Six months later, as the Facebook was really taking off, marketed a third partner, a guy named Dustin Moskovitz headed out to Palo Alto to work on the site from a rented house. And Eduardo Saverin took an internship at Lehman Brothers in New York. Mm-hmm. He was all about the finance side of things, okay. everything like that. Now, in the movie, Eduardo not coming to Palo Alto is portrayed as a kind of betrayal, or at least Mark takes it as such. But again, the reality was a little bit different. According to the instant messages from this period, before Zuckerberg left for the West Coast, he asked Saverin to work on three things, quote, to set up the company, get funding, and make a business model. And Saverin wasn't very effective on any of these fronts, apparently. Worse still, at one point, Saverin started running unauthorized ads on the Facebook, one of which was for another company called Joe Boozle, Jaboozle, which sounds like a drunken sex act to me. Uh, but <laughs> trouble Joe, is... Joe Boo from Major Joe, League, yeah. <laughs> Joe Boo. <laughs> trouble is... <laughs> That's right. Trouble is that Jaboozle was a side project of Saverin's and potentially a competitor of sorts to Facebook. Zuckerberg was understandably pissed off about this, and so he emailed Saverin and told him that he would crush him and his whole family for the transgression. Ouch. I'm just kidding. He actually wrote... (laughs) I was about to say, damn. I'd give him a little street cred in my book. (laughs) He actually wrote, quote, You developed Jaboozle knowing that at some point Facebook would probably want to do something with Jobs. This was pretty surprising to us because you basically made something on the side that will end up competing with Facebook. And that's pretty bad by itself. But putting ads up on Facebook to advertise it, especially for free, it's just mean. Just mean, guys. Yeah, that's I was it. about to say. That street cred gone. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, Savern wasn't given the boot. They were just really sort of starting to like get on the outs with each other here, man. And actually, during this time over the summer, the Facebook was doing so well and attracting so much attention from major venture capitalists that Zuckerberg ultimately decided to stay in California and drop out of Harvard entirely. In the movie, they kind of portrayed it as Sean Parker, the mm-hmm. creator of Napster, was the one that had lured Zuckerberg out to California mm-hmm. and was trying to kind of insert himself into the company mm-hmm. and also kind of cause a rift in between Zuckerberg and Eduardo. Right, which is partially true to some extent. By all accounts that I could find, though, Saverin was basically asleep at the wheel on this project. Getting anything out of him was becoming extremely difficult. At one point, Zuckerberg emailed Saverin to offer him frequent flyer miles if it would get him out to Palo Alto. Saverin didn't even take up the offer, right? The difficulty was that they needed to reform the company's structure to get the VC funding, sure. right? E.g., which is like moving the company state formation out of Florida, where they had it right then, the LLC was in Florida, mm-hmm. and to Delaware. Because these VCs won't fucking touch you unless you're organized properly. Right, right sure. And that's where Eduardo's family lived, was down in Florida. Right, and that's how they all got that started. Without Saverin actively helping, they were relying on loans from Mark's parents to keep the operation going. 
So they were like, we need all this server space. We need to do a bunch of more stuff with this. We have money that's waiting. I need you to just go ahead and sign this thing that we all agree that we're going to move this thing to Delaware, blah, blah, blah. Sovereign is basically just like not answering phone calls and shit like that. And side note, Delaware is notorious for a haven for business homes, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Because of their tax structure, it's very tax advantageous. It's the Virgin Islands of the United States. That's right. To have your business based out of Delaware. So you're thinking, why the fuck Delaware? That's why it's all taxes, money. Most of the, yeah, almost, if you look at any tech company, if they're based here in the U.S., it's out of Delaware. And, I mean, it's stupid easy to set one up yep. as well. Another there, state too. I think is like that is Montana. Montana does. And also Nevada is, is doing some stuff like that. Now, there's a lot of states that are trying to do. I mean, it, when it worked for like the Cayman Islands mm-hmm. and it worked, Ireland did it, you know, they basically create themselves as, as a, like a tax haven. Yeah. And then so, yeah, you get some business from that for sure. But with some help and advice from Sean Parker of Napster fame, right? Sean Parker was yeah. the founder of Napster. Mark decided to take things into his own hands and diminish Saverin's power in the company's decision-making process. This is from an IM message as well. This is uh, one of Zuckerberg's confidants. They they don't say who this is. They just put it as confidant. It's his fencing buddy. That's it. <laughs> he said, how are you going to get around Eduardo? Zuckerberg said, I'm going to buy the LLC and then give him less shares in the company that bought it. And the confidence says, I'm not sure it's worth a potential lawsuit just to redistribute shares. You have nothing to gain. Zuckerberg responded, no, I do, because until I do this, I need to run everything by Eduardo. After this, I have control. Later on, Zuckerberg responded to this person and said, Eduardo is refusing to cooperate at all. We basically now need to sign over our intellectual property to a new company and just take the lawsuit. I'm just going to cut him out and then settle with him. And he'll get something, I'm sure, but he deserves something. He has to sign stuff for investments and he's lagging and I can't take the lag. And he's dead weight. You got to cut the dead weight. Yeah, kind of sounds like the movie The Founder with mm-hmm. uh, Ray Kroc as he was getting strong armed by the McDonald's boys and basically did the same thing. So for our younger listeners, can one of you guys describe what Napster is? Because oh yes, Napster gotta, was a yeah. game changer. Uh, first of all, Napster was the first way that you could download music for free. That's right. Any 100%. song I can't describe to anybody that is, I guess, younger than thirty five, how groundbreaking this was. Like when I heard that this existed. I just couldn't believe it because, I mean, when, uh, growing up in the 90s, music was huge, but you'd have to go to the store. You had to buy the CD. A lot of times, you didn't even know if the rest of the songs on that CD were worth a fuck. That's you just right. bought it because you heard yeah. the single, and you're hoping that the rest of the album is good. And a lot of times, it wasn't. So you're like, fuck this. You had but, to drop 20 bucks on a whole CD yep, for, for one, one song. song. Physical yep. piece of media that you drove, took, brought it home, had to carry it with you everywhere. And then I remember so the first time that I used Napster... I downloaded something off the Slim Shady LP and it took like seven hours to download one song because it was all, it was all, all eight megabytes. It of was it. all fucking dial up and you would set up stuff and like overnight. So it would download and that way you could wake up the next morning and you're like, oh, fuck yeah. Now I can listen to this shit whenever I want to. And I didn't pay shit for it. And of course, as time went on, I remember another friend of ours, it was the first to get like DSL and you could download a song in like five minutes and like remember being at parties over at his house and we would say, play this song play yeah, this song we would, yeah. we, people would come with fucking cds like burnable cds to his house because yeah. they were like i'm making a playlist i'm burning these cds so i can fucking leave because you have the best internet in town <laughs> and even on top of that when you were buying cds a lot of these cds had copyright protections on them so you couldn't just pop them into the cd player burn them and then get a copy of it so yeah. it's like you only had that one copy of that one cd yeah. So being able to go on somewhere, download a, a song or two, and then burn it straight to CD, and then let your friends like have that, yeah. that was insane. Or and- the ultimate cheapskate way, and you had to have some patience for this one. 
sit by the radio oh, with yes. your cassette player. Oh, and as soon as yeah, as soon as the song came on, you had to hit play and record. You're at like the same that time. new boys the men is on right now. That's right. And then you hit <laughs> the orange button and the yep. play button to record it onto your cassette tape. Yep. And then you could turn the cassette into a, a CD. But in yep. order to Down get the, the whole line. song, you had to start before, like at the end of the last yeah. song. Yeah. And then when it wasn't the song you wanted, you're like, God damn yeah, it. Yeah. So right. I wanted them to be like, Hot 97, bringing it to you. <laughs> now that we come to the end. You're like, Yeah, oh, dude. The and then, like, you would take, uh, like, my mom's Michael Bolton tape, and I would just tape over the two holes <laughs> in the top so I could record over That's it. That's right. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, we sound kids old these days. Fun, yeah, those kids these days don't know how hard it was to we, get And music, the man. Jared Fogel one, we talked about how easy access porn is for these kids now and how we would find dirty mags in the woods <laughs> now you're getting the grandpa treatment for how we would <laughs> we would record songs <laughs> but napster fucking made everybody furious dude like yeah. uh, the recording industry remember metallica metallica was fucking they tried flipped to their shit, shit. Yeah, yeah absolutely well it upended the music industry yeah for sure it changed everything i mean after that point apple started to come out and allow you to download individual songs yeah. Versus having to download the whole CD. So, I mean, that was a big shift in yeah. the music industry. Well, poor well, poor it, musicians, boy. They're all still yeah. broke now, aren't they? Well, it's true. So, mm-hmm. it's funny because, like, and this is what they you always hear the, you know, catchphrase, like, disruptor. Yeah. And it's true. It did. It completely disrupted the music industry because, you know, Capitol Records and Universal and all these guys had to figure out how you could make money without just selling physical media. Right. And it took five to ten years yeah. because they were sure. like, if there's a minute there where they were like, man, we're fucked. You know, and they were trying to, at one point, they were literally suing random people that were downloading songs. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) If you downloaded a ton, they were like, we're coming after you. Yeah. You know, and there was always that fear that, like, fuck, is this Boyz II Men track going to get me landed in jail? This is the end of the road. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, Sean Parker was, by the time Sean Parker got done with Napster, he was like net negative. (laughs) <laughs> like worth because he was fucked up with all these lawsuits. Oh and stuff wow! Like that. Yeah, so, like he huh. owed like thirty million or something like that, and yeah. he just he was like, "Fuck it, I'm declaring bankruptcy on Napster." It's like I'll just start on something new. Yeah, and I he just- declare bankruptcy. <laughs> he walked right into Facebook, man. Yeah, and, uh, you know. So, like I said, you know, Zuckerberg is is not happy with Eduardo Saverin's, uh, you know, general work ethic here on the project. Uh, and in one exchange with uh, the other third partner, Dustin Moskowitz, who I should note here is still very good friends with Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg said about Saverin, quote, I maintain that he fucked himself. He was supposed to set up the company, get funding and make a business model. He failed at all three. Now that I'm not going back to Harvard, I don't need to worry about getting beaten by Brazilian thugs. <laughs> oh, man. So Zuckerberg gets the shared dilution accomplished and effectively pushes Saverin out of the company. Around this time, Zuck's business card famously says, I'm CEO, bitch. Really? Yep. Yeah, that's also something that the movie portrayed was spurred by Sean Parker. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of like it. Yeah, it's, you know. A little bit. It fits in with the whole, I mean, like I said. He's a fucking dork. So, I mean, it's a little bit of like, oh, yeah, call me dork now. I'm the CEO, bitch. And you got my software and you're on my platform. A little bit. We're not too far removed from Zuckerberg. We all grew up sort of in the same era, late 90s, very early 2000s. Sure. If I was in the same boat, my card would probably say something. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think so. Oh, man. And so while the movie paints Saverin as a victim, I think in reality he's one of the luckiest motherfuckers in history because his initial $15,000 investment resulted in a net worth today of $13 billion. So no fucking tears for me on that one. Wow. All the shares of Facebook he has. 
Yeah. Is that what the settlement was? Mm-hmm. Okay. He still he maintains got, No, he shares. got like $600 million mm-hmm. in the settlement plus retained uh, a bunch of shares in the company. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean, it's reasonable. You couldn't have got started without his 15000 sure. yeah. I get it. And that's also uh, the Winklevosses. They're two brothers that also were at Harvard, mm-hmm. and they had an idea for Facebook, basically, but they were going to call it like the Harvard Connection or something like mm-hmm. that. And it was basically the same premise. You had to have a harvard.edu email address in order to get in to the site, and it was all about exclusivity. They approached him initially about being the coder for this. The way that the movie portrays it, they kind of were like, you can repair your uh, image after the face mash thing because they thought that he had discredited mm-hmm. himself. And he was like, man, fuck you guys. I, I'm actually proud of that shit. So uh, he turned that into Facebook. And got like a almost like a two month head start on these guys. Put it out first, and he kept on like sending them emails, like saying he was working on their. I'm project working on too. it, yeah, yeah but I can't meet shitty. with you guys till mm-hmm. uh, next week. And the next week would come around. He's like, "Oh man, I got finals. I can't meet with y'all until next Monday." And just kept on pushing them off. So uh, yeah, he got to the finish line first. They ended up suing him, and he had to end up cutting them out a check for $60 million for stealing the mm-hmm. idea. But goddamn, what's $60 million on a billion dollar? Right. Well, and honestly, the, the Winklevoss twins are deep in the crypto game with Bitcoin oh, and yeah. with Ethereum. They own the Gemini network. Those dudes are worth billions at this point now, too. Jeez. Yeah. It so. sounds kind of like a gay porn duo. It does. It's a bad the name. Winklevoss and they're twins. And they look like, you know, lantern jawed fucking they total chads and shit no no they were on the um the crew team like they were like olympic level crew members like they yeah. rode like fuck oh was, like uh and becky's daughters yeah 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 <laughs> except where they actually yeah. did it oh okay, okay. Yeah, except where they actually did it and they were like yeah like so when you see these dudes you're like yo dude if you could legitimately sort of uh create what white privilege would look like in human form it would be these guys <laughs> they're like super handsome lantern jaws like blonde hair like come from like super wealthy backgrounds yeah and their shit dad's like that. a lawyer with a very successful law office that i think they estimated it somewhere like the dad's net worth was somewhere around 300 million dollars yeah. oh wow so yeah. he's probably like personal injury type Guy, like yeah, he's making I mean, TV commercial type lawyer. These dudes have the hardest day of their life is just doesn't look like most people. You know, what right? I'm saying? But honestly, the thing is, I've I've read a lot of stuff with them and seen interviews with them now, just because of my interest in Bitcoin and stuff like that. And they're pretty fucking cool dudes, and they're actually really smart. So yeah, they did have that idea, and Zuckerberg yeah. was kind of like, yeah, I'll help you. <laughs> so, Clickety clack, 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 clack. But <clears throat> the Facebook keeps chugging along. It's accumulating massive amounts of VC money at that point and is evolving into the behemoth that it is today. At Parker's suggestion, they drop the the from the Facebook and it simply becomes Facebook. All right, guys, that wraps up part one of our two part episode on Mark Zuckerberg. Tune in next time as we take a deep dive into Facebook and see where we all stand on the social media behemoth it has turned out to be. As always, if you like what we're doing, give us a like or a share on your social media accounts. Stay safe, be kind, and tune in next time for a new episode of Asshole Court.